Trident Wargaming. Build it, paint it, play it. Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to the Trident Wargaming podcast. I'm joined tonight by uh, William Kirk Bonko and uh, yeah. and Ryan McLeod. <laughs> I'm finally allowed to, to leave uh, my house after him. <laughs> We're uh, here here with you tonight to uh, do uh, actually kind of like an overdue uh, recap episode on some events that we've been at recently. Uh, so tonight we're going to be giving you a double feature. We'll be first uh, covering the WCTC uh, team tournament that we went to uh, right at the end of October, about a month ago now. And then uh, a little later on, we're going to cover uh, the Nemesis GT that was just uh, two weekends ago. Uh, well, week, week and a half ago or so that Ryan and I were at. <clears throat> and just kind of give our thoughts, kind of give you a recap of how our, our events went, uh, what we think of how things uh, were at the events and, and just kind of talk about all that stuff. But uh, as usual, we're going to kick it off uh, first with a little hobby catch up. Um, and we'll, I think, start with Bill. Just uh, Bill, why don't you give us a little insight on what you've been working on lately? Well, the last week and a bit has been very, uh, very prosperous. Uh, if you're keeping track on the socials, you will have seen the fruits of my labor uh Dorn's boar aka the pig as i'm calling it uh it's my first of its kinds the proteus land raider <laughs> redeemer variant uh that's my scratch built redeemer because i didn't want to have to buy a regular raider anymore uh plus they're pretty the much bon the bonkest yes um i was sitting on extra proteus i still have another one on sprue but i really wanted to uh come up with something unique on the tabletop for my beta army uh i wanted the executioners to ride in style uh, so I decided to create that monstrosity, and um, from the pictures, I, I don't have a measurement there, but it is almost as wide as it is long. And uh, I was going to say it it's it's cool. pretty square. Yeah, it looks pretty. It's sweet. pretty square. Pretty actually, yeah. I go ahead, Ryan. Put a little ruin on top, and you're just like, ah, oh, it's obscuring. Don't worry about it. It's That's a terrain right. feature. It's moving terrain, yeah. Moving terrain. A little bit. So, um, like. Bill and I talked a little bit this week about it because I'm not, I told Bill, I'm not actually a huge fan of the Proteus, the way it looks uh, for Land Raider variants, but uh, he showed me the side panels he was going to put on. I'm like, oh, maybe, yeah. And like, now I actually, like the way you did it, I actually kind of do like it. I think that it, like the boxiness of it seems better with it being wider to me. Like yeah. it just looks more like I feel like it should look. Yeah. So, uh <laughs> It's it's, it's, uh, the it's the land raider you deserve. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's it's honestly it looks like a bunker on tracks, uh, which is cool, does. right? Which is pretty sweet. Um, been doing that, and then yeah, just working a lot on Falsa uh, Kane and the rest of my executioners force, trying to get it all kind of done up and ready for uh, January when we kick things off here. So, um, lots of building, yeah. lots of priming and getting things ready, but. Uh, that uh, Proteus is definitely one of my favorite models. I, I took all the attention to detail, made it completely WYSIWYG to the data slate of what the Redeemer actually has. So I went went all the way. Um, 
yeah, I'm quite proud of that little the little chunky fuck, so it's quite nice. Yeah. She is a good one. Uh Ryan, what have you been up to? Uh if you haven't seen, I haven't played him much. Scott played him more often, but the forty hours forty K I was doing my Dark Samurai up and uh my printer has not stopped printing for the last three weeks while I finish up the rest of them. Uh they're actually in another room, but I printed up three dreadnoughts that are fully magnetized to go between Redemptor, Ballistus, Brutalis. Uh, Hellblaster's done. I changed up uh, an Asriel that Scott gave me. I changed up his armor to match the rest of my army. I've done every... I think I might be making up new lieutenant models for GW. So if you see a model like this coming out, I made it first, GW. But, uh... <laughs> Hellblasters, Eradicators, because uh, seeing Bill's tank come out, uh, I'm sure with Vanguard and my Eradicators hitting on twos with AP5, read my character rules for Badab, AP6. I'm sure his Land Raider does not enjoy that. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how my Eradicators do it. Uh, I was talking to Jordan, and we were discussing that he better Strat Reserve or... Something, keep it off the table. Maybe not even bring it, because it might be the first thing that dies every game. Fucking balls. But I mean, if that's a, if that's how I win the game, and that's it, and I kill his land raider, and I pack up and leave, and he's wondering what's going on when he comes back from the bathroom, he'll know because the land raider will be the only thing dead, and it's a moral victory. <laughs> moral, so moral victory, uh, no yeah. No. yeah. But no, I had to finish up my Chaos Knights army for Nemesis. I had the printing paint six nerglings had to build my own blue scribe i've never seen a blue scribe before never <laughs> actually seen one in person so i did my little thing before have you seen one now i've never no i've never seen one before <laughs> i've seen the gw sold out sign on their website and that's the only time i've ever seen one like the best website ever right so <laughs> Yeah, I can't even find that Ballistus on there. I was trying to find it for the base size. <laughs> I know. But I don't think it exists. No, not a separate. Well, they, yeah, they, don't, they don't do the that. The Ballistus might have been... Oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. I think the Ballistus might have been a fever dream, but it's not on the GW website that I can easily find. Honestly, I... Uh... Ever since I swapped over, I've gone exclusively to Wahapedia for for base sizes, which is not like authoritative, but honestly, like they're pretty good for it. So. Yeah, is yeah, I can't find them either. It's like the one thing that I still went to the GW website for <laughs> was base sizes, and uh, now we can't do that. Uh, uh, Arthur's or Arthur Ryan's dreadnoughts actually are like gorgeous. Uh, I know really he cool. shared. I think he shared a couple pictures of them. Can't remember if that was in the group chat or on on. Uh, facebook there but if you haven't shared them in some of the the pages you should ryan because like honestly like they look sweet uh they're they're they also kind of chunky chunky boys they are I like thick them. they are thick yeah uh but i you know they actually remind me a lot of kind of the same sort of look as some of the uh smaller chunkier like uh battle tech kind of kind of walkers um i really like them i think they look awesome and and they still got that kind of samurai aesthetic yeah there you go uh, they kind of got that samurai aesthetic. I I think they look amazing, so I'm uh, I'm thrilled to see them across the table. Um, I'll also like them a lot more than getting beaten up by six eradicators. So 
<laughs> I only have 12. <laughs> sure. Only. That many. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, for me, I, I've kind of been all over the place this last week or so. I uh, I was continuing to work on some bad up stuff too for my Marines, but uh, I, th- there's been some random stuff that has just kind of happened to make me work a little bit on my Necrons this week a little bit too. Um, which actually hasn't been much new work, but uh, kind of digging through the models a bit, uh, doing some repairs here and there, looking at what kind of needs a little bit of painting and what I kind of want to do for an next project or two. Uh, actually, uh, I've, I have also commissioned Ryan to get me a new model uh, printed off, and, and he's thankfully done that, so that's awesome, and that'll be kind of the next week or two of work, I'd imagine. And uh, yeah, so that's kind of my future um two more weeks of school after this and hopefully then i can hit the paint hard yeah that's the i think it was jordan there's his bag of bits he wants oh yeah all right nice dual-handed double-handed hammers and thunder hammers and he wants mark i found some nice mark four jump packs because he's doing his death company up like that so um bunch of characters yeah his ungabunga lamenter list so, That'd be awesome. I'm enabling the bad ab. Yeah. Good. Good. We got we got a couple of printers on that, I think, right now. So that's awesome. All right. Well, uh, we can kick it kick it out of here and we'll we'll take a step back in time uh to uh cast yourselves as we're back to a little bit before Halloween. Uh Bill and Ryan here, as well as uh Aiden who was our fourth member, we're uh, packing ourselves up on a Friday afternoon, trying to get our shit together as quick as possible so we could hit the road and fly ourselves over to Saskatoon uh, for a weekend of Warhammer where we played in the WCTC, that's the Western Canadian Team Championship uh, uh, GT, uh, five games hosted uh, out in Saskatoon for, oh, what did we get to? 16 teams, I believe. Yeah. Um, and honestly... Uh, I think we can say on the on the whole week we had an awesome weekend. Um, you know, just like we'll cover some details here, but just as a generalist sort of thing, uh, we didn't have the best weather getting to Saskatoon, but we survived and it was fine. the the uh, <laughs> The lodgings were fine for the like I don't know four waking hours that we were in them. <laughs> um, so that was that was fine. We we had some good good food we we had a great time at the uh honestly really nice uh, event space uh we got you know our five games in each and had a great time playing we we unfortunately did get stuck playing quite a few people that we already know um that's always my fear when i go traveling for events is that like the one thing you really want is to play guys you don't know uh, get some new faces, and we did, we did, but we also played like uh, two or three teams from Edmonton or Calgary in our five games, which, you know, is just bound to happen. At least it wasn't five for five, <clears throat> but uh, we did have a good time. We had a great time, and uh, we'll kind of run down that that recap a little bit for you here. So for starters, just to kick off, uh, why don't you guys, uh, we'll start with Bill, we'll each give a give a little rundown of what you brought to the event for an army. Uh, I brought my Jukari, and I do distinctly remember this event because I was painting literally up until the minute <laughs> Ryan pulled up to my house to pick me up. Oh, yeah. I, and you found out what battle ready actually meant. Yeah, I was stressing yeah. super hard. Like, I'm looking at, like, 
parade ready essentially right and i'm trying to get all my shit like done up and i'm like i'm doing the eyes and i'm getting all the ammo pouches done and i'm trying to highlight everything and people are like no that's not battle ready that's like fucking next level really and then i'm yeah. like what's battle ready and you get a picture and i'm like <laughs> oh what the fuck like oh okay i feel way better yeah. about it now um i airbrushed the talos to battle ready in like five minutes before ryan showed up i feeling pretty good yep. about that too <laughs> Um, you were uh, pretty stressed. So. I was stressing. I was stressing hard. Uh, I brought my uh, Darklands Daddy list. Uh, so it was uh, Archon, three units of Calibite Warriors, each in boats, uh, and my triple Scourge, triple Ravagers, uh, double Kronos, and one Talos uh, list. I also had Lilith, five racks, and a Venom. Uh, had a lot of guns, a lot of guns, a lot of uh, mobility. I had some pretty decent games. I learned a shit ton, though. Um, it was my real big first, like, big boy event, rolling out with my Jukari, and uh, I learned I learned a lot of stuff. Um, definitely need to be aggressive uh, with the OC and scoring and pushing off objectives. Uh, Dark Lances do the work, but it's just, yeah, in return, you have to be able to follow up and take those objectives I, I i did get stuffed on a few primary games uh there was a game i distinctly remember falling on the sword uh did it for the team uh which i, I didn't get crumped I, I didn't get ever i never got beat up to a zero and 20 game uh, i was able to hold my own at least to like a 18-2 or 16-4 or 15-5 even something like that but i never yeah. got dumpstered completely which uh was a, a feat in itself uh, which was nice. Bill? My, what, what are you going to say? I was going to say, Bill, Bill uh, for those who are kind of wondering here, he kind of unfortunately got a, a, a shit hand in this one because he's uh, he's just kind of coming back to Warhammer as of 10th edition, and he's, he's I mean, you're pretty comfortable with the game now, I think. But yeah. the, the army that you have been playing just is Drukari, who unfortunately were not in a spectacular spot uh, oh, going into the event. Uh, it was not a tactical choice. We weren't trying to galaxy brain this by bringing a Drukari list. But it was, you know, it is the thing where it's like you can try to force guys into rules, but I don't... We weren't really going with the idea of being the most competitive possible Trident team we could bring. We wanted to go and get a, you know, we, we were hoping to win some games, and we did. Uh, yeah, we didn't even we bring wanted, Eldar. Yeah, we didn't. It's, it's, true. it's crazy, right? It's true. Um, but we did want to, you know, uh, get some good experience for some of the guys on the team who don't get to go to as many events we wanted to enjoy a team event which are like the best events to go to you know everybody wants to get into more of them and hopefully we'll see more of them coming up and it is you know what what bill was most comfortable with so <clears throat> we felt a little bad because like you know the reality is you're fighting that you are fighting uphill with drukari uh, and i know that it was also kind of your first gt and in, in a little while bill but you did handle things very well you had a couple of games that actually were pretty decent um and you know when you had adversity, you were <laughs> you were pretty good about it, which we do appreciate. Um, and yeah, honestly, Drukari do still have some play. It's not like they're a dead dead army. It's just sometimes it can be a little tough, obviously, especially when there's a matchmaking uh, <laughs> mechanic at play. I think it was the I think it was the second day. Might have been round four or five, and we're like, "Okay, Bill, you just need you need six points, and we win this round." Just and we're like, "Oh no, your... Bill's down." Bill's down 19-1. It was like, this bad, not, yeah. It's not going to go well. And no. then he's like, okay, boys, I lost 12-8. to eight. And we're like, Bill, you had one turn left. How would you score 40 points? 
Like, yeah. what is happening? It was crazy. Yeah, that you last actually game pulled that was, one out. Yeah, that last game was wild. I was able to really capitalize, and I scored, like, all my secondaries. I was able to score the, score the primary, and it was all kind of, like, Hail Mary <laughs> style and ended up working out, yeah, well. um, which was nice. Uh, it, it was good. We ended up coming in fifth overall, which still solid yeah, showing. Like, I was uh, pretty happy with that. Yeah, we finished fifth out of 16. I think we were the top team from uh, Edmonton. And really, like I said, we had uh, one round where things were real, real close. And if we had managed to pull that guy out, you know, we would have finished probably third uh, ish, um, maybe even second. I don't quite remember the scores very well but we had it it's not like we didn't have a great time and uh do fairly well and actually to be honest with you with what we brought to the event and, and considering our our uh, preparedness going in i was super happy with our results but really like i said that wasn't really our goal i mean we wanted to win some games but more than anything we just wanted to get some experience and have a good time and we did yeah uh brian why don't you run us down what you brought because i know that you will see we're on a more uh, competitive army. You also were a little bit torn uh, about what to bring. Uh, well, I brought Votan. It was 20 Terminators. The I brought 12 Thunderkin, which I don't think is a... I think it might be too much now. Used to be before it was interesting. Now I think it might be a little too much. But it was there for the... I don't think any of our armies really had anything to deal with. It, uh, the random list we saw, like sean's 260 gaunts or whatever i was like well bill's dark lances can't kill enough and i don't think anyone had enough so i was like i'm gonna bring some horde clearing too but it's just lucky that they are also very good into vehicles but it seemed like uh everyone else had the same idea because the other five votan lists were 20 terminators probably four to six sagittars for the scout move bikes uh, I may have been the only one to run two six-man groups, but I wasn't really looking. I think I i don't even know if we even played another team with a Votan team in it, so I don't think anyone played Votan, which I was kind of surprised about with the amount that were actually there. I think it was four or five Votan players. Yeah, yeah. something like that. We never got paired into one at all. Actually, I got my thing. There was, there was three other Votan players, include uh, not including you. Yeah, so it's still quite a bit, but I was, yeah, I was surprised nobody played uh, the, uh, all my games went fairly well. There was a couple, I remember playing one Chaos Knight guy and he's brought the 13 War Dogs and then after the game he opened up his box to put his bottles away and he went, shit, there's still one in the box. And I was oh, like, yeah. huh. Yeah, I was like, oh yeah, uh, I guess we didn't count how many models you put on the table. That's unfortunate. He's like, that sucks. One more might have, might have, instead of the draw, might have got the win for him. But I was just like, that's unfortunate. But it's one of those. Yeah, well, sometimes you have, sometimes you have too many models. Sometimes you don't have enough. Well, I know you. Well, I know that you, uh, you were torn on maybe bringing Chaos Knights yourself, and you've mostly swapped over to Chaos Knights since. Uh, oh, which, I was like, I think. Oh, sorry, keep going. I was going to say the uh, the both both armies are in like a phenomenally better place than they were, say August or July of this year. Um, they both just absolutely rocketed up, uh, just in meta play, but but also like functionally, I think too. Um, 
Votan were not just struggling, but really like their mechanics just were very, very uh, disappointing um, during the summer. And Chaos Knights were just looming in the shadow of everything that Imperial Knights could do. But of course, they both have turned right around since the data slate, which is awesome. Uh, and you're seeing them getting used in, in tournament play a lot more. Uh, and I know you had been on your Leagues of Votan kick for a little bit before this, but then yeah. at the end, like this was really right at the tail end of, of where you wanted to be playing Votan, and you were kind of leaning into your knights a bit. Yeah, that's the... I I don't know if I was happy that I brought Votan for it. I don't think if I would have known... Like, I think they're doing this every year or as mm -hmm. close to it as possible. Now that I have a better idea of what the train for a WTC event actually looks like. Cause a lot of it, even I was playing, I think I played on the light, the light terrain mm -hmm. table more often, which just means it's shorter terrain, but it's all still obscuring. It's still closed windows. It just doesn't have the eight foot tall buildings that are fully enclosed that a knight could hide perfectly behind. But then again, there's still, there's still limited lights, signs, uh, lines of sight which I was very surprised about. So I was like, oh, a lot of the shooting, I was fortunate and didn't have to play an Eldar, but you could just, a lot of it, you could just phantasm away, hide. But that was more surprising for me where I thought maybe a melee army might've strived better in it just because there was a lot of spots to sit and wait, wait for the next round. So it might change into it, which kind of, leading later on is what made me decide my army for nemesis was based on the players pack but yeah yeah the uh the train at at uh, the wtc wctc <laughs> say it 10 times fast uh was spectacular um literally every table had i think it was eight l's fairly large l's on it yeah um which was awesome uh like i mean it's probably some people think it's too much terrain i like they were using the uh the etc style terrain um which again i am a fan of <laughs> or sorry wtc yeah. style terrain. i just I am a fan of but yeah it, it's it's uh, like for a lot of folks uh and i understand why because like it is quite dense uh it puts a lot of stuff down um it does have pre-arranged setups uh, which again can sometimes catch people off guard because they are different from the GW ones for sure. I actually don't think that it's more terrain than GW setups anymore because the GW setups are very dense now. But like the layouts and exactly what you use because WTC is exclusively, well, almost exclusively uh, just putting big L's up. Whereas GW, you know, you've got a lot of pieces that are functionally similar in most cases, but not quite in others, especially when it comes, as you mentioned, Ryan, to towering models. Um, <clears throat> and also can be a little bit more um, uh, shooting friendly when it comes to units that are actually in pieces. Um, some people find uh, if you're running, really like running really shooty lists, that it, it's not the best. But if you have mobility, if you have melee, uh, and if you have, you know, more short range gunline armies, like I think it's awesome, uh, and I love to play yeah. on tables like that. So, well, that um, was, I guess that's, I guess that's why you see the meta change such differently between what we're playing here. Even like seeing the Iron War guys talk about it, and then now actually seeing the terrain, and you're like, oh, okay, that kind of makes sense. That the meta is going to be here a lot more shooting 
because the sight lines are bigger. There's more, it feels like more open spaces in the GW layout for it, whereas opposed to that one, I think just having the taller ruins made it feel like a tighter area and it was more compact. So it makes yeah. sense that things are more melee focused or like close up. Yeah, that checks out. Yeah. Um, like I said, I'd love to play on it more. Uh, so uh, we'll kind of see how that evolves in the future here. Uh, for the event, uh, we do, like I said, have two more teammates. Aiden's not with us tonight, but he brought uh, Thousand Sons, uh, who were, I think, an excellent pick uh, for that event. Uh, he and I had talked a lot about playing him playing either Necrons or um, Necrons or Thousand Sons going in, um, and like that, we had thought like. A, a good bit about Necrons. There were a few people there who who ran Necrons, uh, some of them reasonably successfully because it, it is Necrons are a list that you can run and you know you can pretty much count on not losing hard. Uh, you can win some games. You probably don't win very hard, but you also like it's almost impossible to lose hard with a decent Necron player and a decent list. Like that's just the way that they operate. Um, and he was, he had played his Necrons quite a bit in the summer. Um, they had struggled a little bit since the database as a faction. And I was, uh, really advocating for him to play the Thousand Suns because they, of course, had come up a lot. And I thought that it, like in a lot of ways, Thousand Suns are very similar to Necrons and how they operate on a team. They like a lot of the same matchups. <clears throat> um, but the thing about Thousand Suns is whilst they lose a little bit, I think on the reliability, uh, they occasionally can run into a bad matchup. Um, they generally still hold up pretty well, and they also gain the ability to just absolutely blow some matchups wide open, which Necrons kind of lack, uh, or at least did in October. We'll see how things go once the Codex drops. Um, so I was able to talk him into trying out the uh, Thousand Suns, and I think he had a blast with them. He certainly had one or two games, uh, rounds where he had just spectacular huge scores. <laughs> um, yeah. I know one or, once or twice he saved our, bacons with, our bacon with those scores, too. So uh, he had a lot of fun, and I played a uh, Marines. I, I played with a lot of, as Ryan kind of mentioned earlier, a lot of Ryan's Marines, actually. Uh, I had been towing around with a Vanguard detachment uh, of uh, uh, Dark Angels that, you know, I kind of got, oh, I'd say, what, four or five games in before, before we went. Um, and it was basically just centered on a big infiltrating Terminator bricks and Hellblasters with Azrael, lots of Phobos units, things like that. Uh, I did not run the Centurion brick. I know a lot of people uh, do like running that with uh, Vanguard, which I actually think is a great idea. Uh, it was just not something that I was making my list work around, and it kind of gave us kind of one of those mid-range um, kind of uh, brawly kind of lists to throw into some armies uh, that I knew basically none of our armies wanted to go up against. Um, Bill certainly didn't. Uh, Leagues of Otan and Thousand Suns both can kind of brawl, but they prefer to keep you at arm's reach. So that was kind of the dynamic we were aiming for there. And I, I had an excellent weekend. They were a lot of fun. Vanguard, you know, as I, I think uh, we've got the uh, Space Marine Codex review coming out right away, or, or will have already been out by the time you guys hear this. Yep. Uh, I think it's a spectacular detachment uh, and it's a lot of fun and it seems like a lot of other people are are definitely enjoying it right now too that's what that's so, what i'm building for yeah yeah i think it's especially if you do like big scary units um or you've got the ability to put some of those in your army i think it's it's the it's the detachment to enable the uh, greatest abuse of that and it also shores up a lot of things that marines aren't really good at doing 
So <clears throat> we had a lot of fun with that. Uh, I think at the end we what did we do? We won. We won three rounds. We lost one round, or we lost two rounds. Yeah. Uh, one of which was was quite close, and the other one less so. Um, so we had we had a pretty good time, all all things considered. The venue was spectacular. Um, that space there is is awesome. It's on the top floor of a feels like a historic building i think that's in saskatoon there um but it's gorgeous um the space like we had six we had 16 teams there's 64 players in there and nobody was pressed for space there was lots of space around each table the pods were well separated so that you could you know have four tables for you and your opponents to yourselves uh there was lots of room to move around and leave stuff uh you know where you needed to uh, as well as you know have some space away from the noise and things like that um food was spectacular uh i think bill ate 17 sandwiches the one day uh and like he had pocket sandwiches for the he had sandwiches yeah. saturday at lunch eating them sunday on the road trip that, yeah i think he, like he, he made himself sick like if you ever seen yeah. ever your friends the moist the moist maker that was his entire <laughs> sandwich there was not one slice of bread oh god that pork was there sunday uh. Yeah, yeah Saturday, that was the pulled pork, right? I, Saturday, I rocked out pulled pork sandwiches, and I think it w- I ended up having three. Uh, they were super good and rich, and I paid for it because uh, my body was not ready, and it did not like that. Yeah. Um, so it was yeah. pretty light on day two. I stuck to the fruit bowl. And, <laughs> fruit uh, salad. Yeah, fruit salad and bag grind to stop at a Timmy's uh-huh. on the way out so I could sip some soup. Uh, which Yeah, yeah. soup on the yeah, he didn't like he didn't like that, but uh, he did stop, which is nice. Um, and kind of just to yeah. echo uh, Scott's point, like um, in terms of value, like the event, I thought it was excellent. It was a lot of fun. Uh, had awesome swag. You got lunches both days. Um, nice spot. There was tons of like treats and water and snacks and all sorts of stuff. If you wanted to just oh yeah rock out I'm, and get I'm drunk on granola bars and. And you know, bubbly. Bubblies. I might have drank yeah. a case of bubbly over the weekend. Jesus, just stayed hydrated. It was. It was there uh, was no shortage of that. That's for sure. Yeah. No, that was I, good. I think, I think that's an excellent point, Bill. Actually, um, that you bring up because, like, honestly, for you know any event, it, it is fair to to ask. You know, what's your what's your overhead on on the price point? You know, what do you get? Uh, and this for value was spectacular. Uh, I think the way it kind of shook out, like you, you signed up as a team, but if you signed up, especially before uh, a certain deadline, it worked out to about a hundred bucks a player uh, to play for the weekend. Uh, considering what you got for that, uh, you know, most yeah. GTs are going to set you at like mm, 60 bucks at least. Um, I would do it every day of the week uh, for sure. Uh, the food was spectacular. The swag bag was immense. You got a ton of stuff in there. Prize support was excellent. Uh, there was tons and tons of stuff for not just for teams who were winning or, or finishing high, but lots of raffle prizes as well. The terrain was excellent. The uh, venue was excellent. Uh, you know, and like I, you know, as we brought up, there was free drinks and coffee and snacks available at all times. Uh, there was never any shortage. So, like, really, what you got for the for the dollar was spectacular. Um, just an amazing uh, event. All things to get, all things put together. Um, I don't, so this is where it gets a little trickier. I, I guess one thing we should really throw out is not only that we loved it, but, uh, 
give some love to the organizers. So the TOs were were Tyler Gatehouse and uh, and Rhett, Rhett Tremblay. Now the exact breakdown of everyone who contributed i'm gonna mess up here i know because there were a lot of people who did uh i believe um but i know a lot of these guys who were involved were are, are you know with the prairie fire boys um there's a whole bunch of northern front guys involved too i think i'm not exactly sure i i kind of talked around a little bit but i didn't 100 get a clear uh, response on exactly if there was a specific team that was 100% kind of like the go-to guys for making this event run. But I do know for sure that it was Rhett Tremblay and, and uh, Tyler Gatehouse who were being heroic TOs. Uh, it's very hard to TO 64 players in a team format with just two, two TOs. And they were doing an amazing job all weekend. Uh, and they were the primary organizers. They pretty much handled everything all weekend. And, and I assume a, a great deal of what uh, went on behind the scenes leading up to, although I know that uh, Riley, Rhett's brother, and uh, Zach Hansen, and uh, Nathan uh, were all, uh, Nathan Scrazzuti, sorry, uh, were all deeply involved as well. Uh, and there was lots of other guys, I think, who, who came in and, and were offering, you know, assistance in one way or another, uh, and also some awesome prize support, things like that. So this was very much, from what I gathered, a, a team effort to put it together, but there are a couple guys worth mentioning there for for the effort that they put in to make this possible for everybody. Absolutely. Um, and absolutely. Uh, I would I would say they aced it. So um, absolutely would love to go again next year. Uh, I think we talk like we've talked about several times. Team tournaments are super fun. Um, more and more people want to do them because more and more people are literally going to their first ones the last year or two and being like, "Wow, this is amazingly cool." I know that it's something that we're looking looking to do maybe next year or uh, shortly thereafter. So it's yeah. uh, something that I, I would recommend to everybody. Um, I know that it's not it's not even just the team event itself. It's also the fun you have just with a couple buddies. You know whether you're road tripping or you're here at home, just being able to enjoy the the camaraderie uh, as I know we did, uh, both in the car on the way back and. Uh, and the way there, uh, you know, popping out the the grape juice and uh, having some having some juice boxes in the car and just letting it get wild. Yeah, it, um, it did get wild. You know, you'd expect a five hour trip to kind of take a while, but it seemed fairly quick actually, even with Ryan's driving. And uh, well, that's because you slept half of it <laughs> on the way home. But the, cl- the classic, the classic dad dad answer. Of, he fell asleep. He's like, no, no, I'm just, I'm fine. Just, Resting my, my eyes. Just resting my eyes over here. It's like I was wasting day two for sure. Um, Bill, but, it's been thirty minutes. You haven't moved. <laughs> so I'm just very still. Um, on the way out, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, it was a lot of fun. We had a good laugh. Uh, there was talking about you know where coffee's derived from. There's we were talking about our lodgings, and we started having these grape juice boxes, which my wife packed a little like to go goodie bag. <laughs> And then I don't know what happened. I don't know what was in those grape juice boxes, but the whole conversation just turned and it went downhill from there. Lots of laughs. Uh, then we hit, you know, hyperspace where it was like just straight snow as we're driving into it. And uh, all you could see was just a little bit of the taillights of like these tractor trailers. And I was just like, just yeah. follow those tractor trailer lights. And if it goes sideways, just drive the fuck away from where he went. And it was like, oh, okay. 
as we're kind of just driving. It was, yeah, it was pretty wild on the way out, but uh, I, yeah, I had a really good yeah. time. Um, yeah, for yeah, a bit, it was, it was pretty ugly there. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, no, we had a great time, and and like honestly, if you're going anywhere uh, for for an event or for a weekend or something with your buddies, you know you're going to have a great time, and that's half the fun of these events. Um, but we need to have, you know, people putting on these events for to enable that. Uh, and it's it's yeah. good uh, not just to have it, but also to to just do a spectacular job like they did with the WCTC. Um, I know we had a we had a blast, um, and honestly, look forward to doing it again uh, another time. I know we went down uh, to Calgary last summer as well, just the three of us, and we had a blast there too. It really is like one of the best things you can do with your your tabletop gaming buddies. Yeah. <clears throat> so highly recommend, and uh, hopefully. Like I said, we'll uh, have more of that content for you in the future. And honestly, 10th edition 40K is also evolving and getting better and better uh, as books and stuff come out. So I'd imagine that that will also just, you know, naturally improve the uh, <clears throat> the state of the game as well for everybody. So for sure. Um, but yeah, we can uh, we can roll off uh, there on uh, <laughs> our uh, WCTC cap. Uh, recap and uh, switch gears to something a little bit more recent, uh, the Nemesis GT that uh, Ryan and myself and uh, another Trident member, Scott Fox, who couldn't join us tonight, all went to just, uh, like I said, about 10 days ago. Uh, again, much more local. <laughs> so thankfully, we didn't have to do the uh, wonderful drive to Saskatoon. Um, as much as fun as we had, uh, anybody who's done it knows that that drive, any kind of Alberta to Saskatchewan or vice versa drive is, is not exactly the most interesting drive. Um, but, uh, we were heading down actually to, um, the, uh, new, uh, gamers den location. Uh, Sean, I think he was saying that they just got in there like a couple of days before this event. Uh, yeah, they were literally. building around us. Yeah, yeah, you could see that like the the place had mostly had the demo that needed to be done was mostly done, I think. Um, but they were, you know, they weren't didn't even have their shelves up yet. But it's to be honest with you, an amazing space, and I absolutely one hundred percent understand why he wanted to do it there because it is genuinely a great space to set up sixteen tables um, and 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 host a tournament. Uh, and he was still able to, you know, get everything he needed to in there. And, and I'm sure it'll look even better once they actually get set up to run as a store and whatnot. But uh, it's it's really is a nice new location. Um, so, like I said, that was uh, just Ryan, Scott Fox, and I. Um, Bill uh, was cheering us on, however, in the in the in the group chat all day. Uh, he was very active with that, uh, yeah. telling us to take our shirts off and stuff like that. I had my pom poms out and everything. It was do great. all sorts of weird things to other people's models. <laughs> it was it was pretty gross, actually. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, we had pretty much, a, I think, a fairly uh, I don't want to say normal spread of players. Uh, certainly, a lot of familiar faces. A lot of guys you'll see at GTs. A couple guys missing because you know they're out of town or wasn't uh, their event. Uh, they didn't have the weekend or whatever. We had a couple of new people who I actually hadn't met previously, but not a ton. Um, but that's always nice when you can go, you know, if you go to a lot of events, you tend to get to know people. And that's part of the, at least in my opinion, part of the charm of events. But you do still want to be meeting new people once in a while. Um, and then, yeah, we had three games on Saturday, two on Sunday, your standard GT setup. 
uh, Sean was running GW missions, uh, GW ter terrain setups, uh, which were all quite good. Um, <laughs> a couple of the missions that you don't get to play actually all that often, um, like Supply Drop. I know I hardly ever play Supply Drop. So when we that came out as one, I had to double check the rules, and it turned out I even still got them wrong. <laughs> but uh, it's a fun mission, just for what it's worth. Uh, and this time, uh, because I'm going to jump over to Ryan, because obviously Bill doesn't have an army for this one. This time, Ryan had actually switched gears. Uh, so, Ryan, why don't you talk us through what you took to the event? Uh, I was debating Votan, but then reading the players' pack, there was a lot of mention of the smallest piece of ruin, the smallest footprint, however you want to describe it, uh, was not going to be obscuring. It was going to be just cover, and then realizing... That a lot of these train, a lot of the, the train, uh, I think usually there's a lot to complain about train all the time at all these events. Everyone's going to say train is not going to be good. But for this event, it was, I thought it was excellent. Uh, a lot of it was interesting. The smallest ruin being uh, not obscured. I was like, oh no, this is going to be rough. <laughs> just thinking about just the just how the imagining all these lines that normally in your game are closed yeah. and you're like okay i'm safe from here to here from this point and you're like yeah. uh-oh i'm not safe anymore so that made me switch yeah. my mind my like my list building mindset around okay my vehicles are not going to survive the same line of sight they would normally it was an interesting twist on it yeah. and i went i wonder what can survive this buildings that I want to hide behind. I was like, well, Chaos Knights, they're a lot tougher. Yep. They have an invuln compared to all my Votan vehicles. And then the interesting thing that was always fun to do to your opponent, I had to explain, I explained every game because I knew it was going to happen in the game was, well, there was two things. It was the battle shock step changes mm -hmm. when you play against Chaos Knights. Cause if you're under starting strength, so if you lose a model or one model unit, you lose a wound, you're taking battle shock. I think yep. every game it was probably a four or five times you say it. You're like, okay, battle shock on this, and it was like, <laughs> explain it again. You're like, chaos knights do it differently, yep. uh, which uh, some people when it first came out were like, oh, that's not going to play a factor into it. I think Arthur said that a couple times, but then it was hilarious it watching does. the lion die to mortal wounds for failing <laughs> his battle shock. It felt it, it felt great, but it felt bad yeah. at the same time because. He's a whole stick to protect himself from mortal wounds. But then the other aspect of Chaos Knight that was always fun was one CP, two war dogs, or one big knight go right through models or terrain like it doesn't exist. And no. you go from hiding to 14 inches later, there's a carnivore sitting right next to your models that will just pick up a Space Marine unit, no problem. Between the tank shock and the, the slaughter claw, but it was also fun watching because Votan don't have any indirect. So you have some dumb Farseer sitting on the home objective you can't touch. But then you play Chaos Knights and you have 96 of it. Yeah. And it's always fun yeah. hitting on twos, going to threes indirect. Yeah. So it's always a great time. Yeah. But fun. It's not, yeah. not fun for your opponent, but yeah. Uh, that was the that played a factor into a lot of the games was the surprisingly the indirect only being straight like only d6 blast strength five no ap one damage but it's a lot it, though against world leaders the 96 picked up two jackal units yeah like it 
it put in work, a lot of work that you're now don't have some pesky unit sitting in the back that you'll never see. With most, most armies that struggle with no indirect, you're like, good luck. These are free units sitting back here. Chaos Knights, like that is kind of one of the things that uh, separates them a little bit in the meta, I think, is that the, because people don't think about it, they do actually have a ton of indirect uh, because every war dog's going to be holding that havoc launcher, which is not a you know oppressively strong weapon unto itself. But like you say, if you're running nine war dogs, that's at the, every shooting phase ninety six shots, which you know don't have an amazing profile, but absolutely is more than enough to pick up all of those little units. You know, all that little stuff that people put in their list to do actions, to hold objectives, to get in the way. Um, Awesome. A Chaos Knight list is going to pick that up. Uh, same thing in like maybe some free roaming little characters that are uh, soft targets. Um, and that's kind of one of their kind of unique little um, uh, tools in the tool bag. Um, I was even, I was, oh, sorry. I was even using it to try to pick off one wound on a vehicle that's hiding behind something just to sure. battle shock test it. Yep. Just to Absolutely. try to force it. Because you're like, it's sitting on its home objective. I can't touch it. Let's make it do battle shock, and then it's now not holding its home objective anymore. Yep. Well, and you can do the same. To proc it. Well, or or proc the mortals to you know get yeah. a little extra damage on something, right? Which uh, yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense. So, and I think uh, like what Ryan's referring to here uh, uh, for regarding the terrain, like like we said, the, he was uh, you running uh, GW setups. But yeah, uh, the smallest footprint, basically. So kind of that's, I think they're six by four pieces that you would see in a GW diagram of their their terrain were not obscuring. They, you know, they would block LOS like a normal, whatever the shape of the terrain was, but they, they otherwise weren't, uh, weren't going to um, block any, uh, like do obscuring uh, LOS blocking. So that does, does like kind of flip the table from uh, WCTC, enable you know some kind of shooting shootier list to have hopefully a little bit more um, success in that in that uh, setting. And actually, to be honest with you, I'm not 100% sure that they did over the course of the weekend because we did have you know both melee and shooting lists have success. Um, yeah, like the world leader a, guy. Yeah, world leader yeah, guy my, had six guns and he. Yeah. I think he finished fourth, fifth or sixth or something like that. Yeah, he finished pretty like, oh. well. I think he only had one bad match, and that was against you. So, um, yeah. But yeah, that's kind of a thing is that uh, it, it is something you have to keep in mind, you know, what when you're planning your list. Um, and that did, for like Votan, as Ryan had run them, are very shooty, no doubt. But uh, at the same time, Chaos Knights are also very shooty. And, and I think the opening up, of the terrain kind of made Ryan think, you know what? Actually, I do want to kind of run this because, of course, knights and war dogs and stuff carry natural dur durability just because of their stat lines. Uh, a lot of Otan units, there are some tanky ones in there, but a lot of them don't hold up so well if they can't have somewhere to hide. And, of course, a Votan army has a comparatively large footprint because there's quite a few models on the table. Um, and it turned out to, I think, honestly, be a pretty good call. Uh, Brian, you, you had a pretty good run, right? Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, I was. I played three. I guess four Space Marines because World Leaders are Space Marines. But, uh, <laughs> no one's. No one's. Uh, no one's thoughts. I'm building some right now, but. Uh, <laughs> he was. Uh, I played Dark Angels, and then I played a Firestorm Assault, and then I went into World Leaders, and then I played Mike's 
good luck, I have tanks list, which <laughs> I was very scared about. It was turn one, first tank That's shot, scary. killed the war dog. And I was like, oh no, second tank did it. And I was like, well, this is not going to go well. And then it kind of slowly stopped killing my things turn one. And then <laughs> the crackback happened and Space Marines do not like AP5 Meltas. So the crackback happened and I started picking up vehicles. Just, I think I may have picked them up faster than he was killing me with them. And then that went well. And then uh, I was sitting there watching my buddy play Eldar. Great guy, uh, Josh. He ended up winning the event. But I could not. I was trying to hide it, hoping the orc player that beat you was going to beat Eldar again. Because I was <laughs> looking at it and I'm like, if I want a chance of winning this event, I need orcs to win. Because into Eldar, I. It's very Eldar still a tough matchup. They've had yeah. nerfs. Yeah, but, uh, absolutely. But they probably could do with a few more. Yeah. Yeah, but it was a. Uh, I was hoping uh, York guy ended up not taking the win, and I was like, this is going to be interesting. Uh, watching the Avatar kill three War Dogs in Overwatch on three separate turns was uh, painful wow. to have happen. That, that one's kind of sometimes the dice just aren't with you, you know. Yeah. Well, watch. Yeah, it was the Overwatch rolled a two. Eldar rerolled it. Farseer standing by turned it into a six. There's D three extra shots, and I'm like, oh, and I can't can't roll an invul. And he's like, here's 18 damage. I'm like, well, that's dead. I was like, this is gonna go downhill quick. Some of the, uh, <laughs> but there are actually up. a couple uh, places like the WCTC, uh, well, WTC actually rules. Um, that actually don't allow you to use fate dice on rerolls, uh, because specifically because of interactions like that. I know. I wish, but uh, <laughs> I ended up. I ended up. I knew going into that match because I was tracking score, and sometimes I like to joke around that score is also another aspect of the game you can weaponize. And if you don't want to go into that, if you don't want to go into that first place matchup, maybe you grab third place because sometimes events pair one and two, three and four, so you. Sometimes you look yeah. at it and you're like, okay, first place is this, second place is this much. Maybe I don't score 99 on this and I score 97. But then some people start going, well, don't submarine. But looking into it, going into the last game, it was me against Eldar. And it was, uh, if I win it, uh, it's going to be my second time winning Nemesis. And if <laughs> I lose, I was looking at the terrible way to look at this score sheet was Eldar, Eldar, Eldar. <laughs> uh, I think it was Orcs. Yeah. Then, yeah, then, uh, then Mike with his Space Marine, then me with my Chaos Knights. And uh, I was like, well, I'm the top Chaos player, so at least I'm walking away with some trophy from this event. But it was terrible to watch Eldar just get called up four or five times in a row to pick up awards. You know, Ryan's referring to the eventual final standings, which, uh, as he says, unfortunately did result in a first, second, and third place finish for Eldar, who had a, an excellent weekend. Um, I actually think I was going to say it It kind of, uh, to go back to kind of your matches and, and the discussion we had on terrain, it's interesting because I think that the terrain did play uh, a little bit into what 
like how things went between uh, you and Mike's armies, because both of you guys probably would have liked to hide more stuff, but the nature of that setup, which was also beneficial for you guys. Um, so that's kind of the neat thing about it is that both armies uh, benefit from, you know, there being a little bit less space to hide, but then that means that you guys really are, you know, having the okay corral here where, you know, you guys naturally can't put all of these big boxy vehicles or in your case, war dogs, uh, everywhere you want to hide and so you know things can get pretty explosive pretty quick and they did between you guys i know yeah was, uh, i was scared two or three turns and you guys were <laughs> doing yeah, i think it massive was, amounts of damage so i think he was down to three of his nine tanks or however many tanks he had and turn three and it was just like it could have went easily either direction well that's yeah. just firing shot in a shot yeah yeah, it was uh, it was pretty wild, um, but our, our uh, Ryan did end up having you know uh, ultimately you were only stopped in the final game uh, where you were going in you know first or second place and and so you did have a four and one run uh, with your Chaos Knights had a very successful weekend um, only stopped by like you said uh, <laughs> a little bit of unfortunate luck with some Eldar uh, who did have a very good weekend I was one of those Eldar uh, I. Uh, did a little borrow hammer. I've been doing this thing where I've been trying to play with a lot of my friends' armies. Um, so I, <laughs> I uh, decided to get out uh, kind of mostly mostly Arthur, but also a little bit of Tyson's um, uh, Eldar. And I ran a, a list, uh, basically a double avatar with a Wraithguard list, um, which was a lot of fun. Uh, I actually barely got to practice with him <laughs> before we went. Uh, but also, like, it is a fairly straightforward list to play. Uh, doesn't have a ton of units, doesn't have a whole lot going on uh, that's particularly difficult to grasp. Um, it's just mostly kind of getting used to the stratagems and the way you want to deploy and things like that. So I had a lot of fun. I uh, hilariously was the opposite of uh, Ryan. I, I We had talked a little bit about it ahead of time, how basically a third of the people at the event were playing Space Marines. I didn't get to play one all weekend. <laughs> I completely Thank dodged you. all the Space Marine players. Uh, I played into uh, Zach's Chaos Demons. Uh, that was a very fun game, round one. I played into uh, Jason Fowler's Orcs, game two. That was uh, that was my loss. I, I It was a 92-90 loss. We had an excellent game, very high scoring. Uh, that was a blast. Uh, Orcs are always kind of fun to play into. And then I played Hudson's Sisters. Uh, that was spectacular. Hudson's a great guy to play against at any time, but... Uh, I kind of, I, I'm a guy who loves playing against sisters. I don't get to play against sisters a ton anymore, but man, it was fun playing into them, especially now that they're kind of a little bit back into the game, I guess, from where they had been uh, a couple of uh, months ago. Um, but uh, they were doing a lot better. Um, and that game was, I was on my back feet for probably the first three turns. It was actually wild. I, think, I was like, holy crap, they're kicking my ass. I think Arthur's in the comments already. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, but we'll we'll have a whole episode discussing how good sisters are another time, maybe. Yeah. Uh, then came back the next day. Uh, who did I play first uh, when we came back that morning? I was supposed to play. Jeez, I can't. What army was it? Yeah, which army was it? Uh, somebody. Hold on here. We're gonna pull it up because it's kind of one of those things where you get the brain fog from uh, two day events. <clears throat> pairings for round four who did i play oh maxime 
yeah. Oh yeah. I played Max's Imperial Knights. That's funny because of course it's Max that I that I forget about. Uh, now I feel bad. But uh, yeah, I played Max's Imperial Knights. Um, that game that was that one kind of sucked actually. Max and I. Uh, uh, well, I love Max. Uh, he's spectacular to play against. But sometimes you get those games where like things kind of start to snowball, and then they just get wildly out of control for one player or the other. And it really doesn't matter what side you're on. Uh, it just it's not the best because you know everything's just going one guy's way. And that unfortunately was happening in that one. I also think that the knight versus Eldar, as as you. Uh, referenced Ryan, I think Knights versus Eldar is is a tough matchup sometimes. Um, it you know uh, not to say it's unbeatable by any stretch, but it can be difficult uh, for the Knight players sometimes if you're if you're not uh, getting the dice in your favor. Let's just say, uh, and then uh, finished it off with uh, with uh, a game against Trevor's Necrons, um, which was also a blast. Uh, I don't I get to play Necrons a lot, so I don't get to play against them very often though. Uh, so that was a lot of fun, and, and it made for an awesome weekend. Uh, like I said, I was a little annoyed that I didn't get to play any Space Marines, although I also was kind of happy that I got to play a bunch of kind of Xenos or, or uh, unique armies that I don't normally see a ton of. So that was kind of cool. Uh, and yeah, I was happy with my weekend as well. I think I finished second-ish or somewhere around there. It was part of that Eldar problem at the very top of the, uh, at the, very top of the roster. Um, but we had a great time. The space, like I said, is spectacular. Uh, I also love that new location. Just on a, you know, personal note, it's uh, <laughs> it's very uh, convenient for me to get to as a Saint Saint Albert, and um, he had a just great array of snacks available all weekend. Uh, the usual slew of raffle prizes and, and awards were were top notch. Uh, that I think we talked about this a little bit, Ryan. That was probably the first time I've been to an event, uh, just about anywhere, where the temperature issue was not heat but cold. Oh, That's the only <laughs> event I've ever regretted wearing shorts at. Which was actually like it's a good thing. It, it's hilarious. Um, but like, there's been I've been to plenty of events where it wasn't too hot, which is nice. Uh, but a lot of events do struggle with heat because you got a lot of people exerting in a usually not huge space and it might get a little too warm. Yeah. That uh, AC that space, was putting in work. Yeah, that space is the opposite. Um I it wasn't like it was too cold. It was just if you were right up against the the front glass uh windows there that he's got, there there was a little bit more of a breeze. Uh, and it wasn't yeah. like it was too cold, but it was certainly <laughs> it was certainly funny because we were talking about it. Like I have never been to a place where I saw somebody act like they were chilly. Um, yeah, put a sweater you, on. You had your you had your uh, shorts on, and you were like, well, that, "That was that was a bit much." Yeah, I think it was my fourth game. I was like, I think I almost decided on the other side of the table because I was right under the vent, and I'm like, I'm not standing yeah. here for three hours. I was like, I'm gonna get yeah. cold. I was like, I want the other side of this table. Yeah, it was funny. Um, so that was kind of a neat thing because honestly, like, if you've ever TO'd a tournament, if you've ever run. Uh, if you've ever been in one of those spaces, you know that like it can genuinely be a thing that you have to worry about depending on your space and how many people are in it is how hot is it going to get in here because it can be very uncomfortable. Um, we're part of the reason we love the Fraternal Order of Eagles is because it's one of the better places for that. Uh, but even then in the summer, like we got to open the doors and run the fans and stuff, right? Uh, so it's good to see we have another venue now that will also be the same where hopefully uh, ventilation and, and keeping things nice and... Uh, cool well, won't be a problem which was awesome uh so overall we had a great time i know josh congrats to him josh stapleton who won with his 
Uh, honestly, an Eldar list very similar to mine. Um, he had a, a couple of tactical changes there and, and ran the gamut and won his five games and was able to take home the big prize. Uh, and he did great. I know that, you know, we, we shit on the Eldar a lot, but uh, we also do want to, you know, be uh, uh, congratulatory towards folks. So we're very happy for him. And overall, I'd say we had an awesome weekend. And I know Scott Fox did too. Like I said, he wasn't here to able to join us for this, but he was running his Tyranids. And I think he went three and two, if I remember right. Uh, he yeah, actually he, played uh, several mirror matches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was the top Tyranid there. Top whatever yeah. bug you want to call it. Awesome. Head honcho there. He played... Every Tyranid player there, which I mean only was three, so he ended up playing yeah. two of them at least. But, but uh, still. it'd be awkward to play himself. Yeah. But he might. But, some uh, some people I know might lose to a game against themselves. It's hilarious <laughs> when it happens. <laughs> but, it's uh, He got to be the Hive Tyrant, though, so that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and we had a great time. So it's like uh, it's been a busy month of Warhammer, and I know we'll we're all kind of looking forward to a nice holiday break before we get right back at it in January. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was kind of our wrap up for those two events. So I'm going to kick it over to Bill here, and he'll uh, give you guys a little rundown for uh, how things are going to go for the next month or so, and then we'll be signing off for the for the cast. Yeah. Um, just uh, while you're listening to this. Uh, we are all poised and ready to launch our Trident Social, which is going to be pretty sweet. Okay. It'll be popping off in a couple days. Uh, definitely looking forward to that. Um, it's just a way we can kind of get some community um, people involved and just kind of celebrate, you know, the the vast amount of gamers that we have the pleasure of uh, dealing with. Um, also, yeah, it's uh, in about 10 days, yep. December 9th. Yep. Still tickets available. So it'll be. I know. I just. Sweet. I got to send them money on payday. Cost too much this month. I keep buying files to print. <laughs> I'm like, oh, what's another? That's what's fair. another? That's fair. Dreadnought or Tech Marine or... It's always the struggle. Um, and yeah, just a big shout to all of our uh, Trident supporters, especially our uh, our patrons. Uh, we've got Ed, Tyler, Chris, Dustin, and Frederick. Uh, we really appreciate yep. the help, guys, and uh, we. We couldn't be doing what we do without you. Uh, it just it helps us improve the overall quality. It helps us um, plan and just get things kind of in motion. So uh, we we very much appreciate the support. Uh, everybody who's supporting like our social and our events. Uh, it's just it's it's a great time. Uh, we do have some more stuff coming up for you in uh, December. It's going to be kind of our wind down. We got a couple episodes planned where. Uh, we'll pop off kind of our end of the year wrap up and kind of plans for the new year and then uh, shifting gears a little bit too as we uh, are going to be going to a uh, two podcasts a month uh, format just mm -hmm. to uh, just give, you know, um, a little bit slower. We've been pumping out an episode a week for the last, it'll be almost three years and uh, yeah. it, it's been great to do. But at the same time, we also want to, you know, focus on uh, show quality, focus on having a lot of news, being able to pump it out and maybe extending the episode length a little bit, um, which obviously is even better for you because you get to kind of listen to us uh, chat about <laughs> everything that we're doing a little bit longer. So uh, that's well, if, kind of the if we can call that a good thing, well, maybe sometimes depends on what we're talking about, I guess. I, it, it, that's <laughs> but, true. Uh... That is true. So. 
but oh, uh, I know yeah. we have a we have a slow December, slower December. Yeah. But I also know that uh, you know whilst we do, we also um, you know have have a very exciting January coming up with both uh, the Bad Ab League getting started up. Yeah. And I know one other event which we'll be announcing, I think, right away, probably even by the time you guys are getting this episode, uh, which is pretty exciting, I think. Uh, and then, of course, I know early February, I think we're doing our inaugural AOS event too. Yeah. So we can talk we're about the we're January taking a little bit of a we're taking a little bit of a, well, we'll leave it, we'll leave it, we'll get we'll let the announcement come out itself. Um, but uh, we'll uh, <laughs> whilst we are taking a little break in December for the holiday. We certainly are not uh, slowing down our content for the new year. So, no. so yeah, definitely stay tuned. Uh, yeah, yeah, as we move into year four, be awesome. So, yep. And yeah, that's about so. Thanks it. for joining us tonight, guys, for a little recap. Yeah. And yeah, I guess we'll catch you all next time. For sure. Good night. Take care. Did you plug the Patreon? We need to plug the Patreon.